Hallelujah. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I will just want to welcome everybody uh, to our live stream. Uh, it's a wonderful day. We are so happy to be joined by you. So without taking much of your time now, can we just get to the business of the day? And glory to God, I'm going to kick off with first uh, Samuel chapter 22, verse 2. I'm going to read first Samuel chapter 22, verse 2. It is a powerful scripture. It is a dynamic scripture, actually. Everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was in discontent gathered to him and he became a cake ten over them. Now, there was about 400 men with him. So before I give you the title today, let me just give you a background of this scripture. This is a wonderful piece of scripture, really. It says people who were in distress... And not just, and it says everyone actually, everyone who was in distress. So, all the people during the time of David, where he was, who were in distress, who were in debt. Yeah? Am I talking to somebody right there? And everyone who was not that happy uh, or who were discontent, they joined David, and David became their captain. So now, the content of the scripture, really, this was during the time when uh, King Saul was still the king of uh, uh, the land of Israel. Of course, uh, David had been anointed already to take over, but he had not taken the position as yet. So he was a king in waiting, and uh, people were not happy with the strategies or the ways of King Saul, and uh, they, uh, people got, ended up being in trouble and whatsoever, and no wonder some of them were in debt, and they saw potential in David, and they began to join them. And I can tell you, they did not join them as groups. I think they went one by one. They recruited each other. Good, yeah, man, we found somebody who can help us with our current situation. In no time, it was 400 men. But when you go to chapter 25, you'll realize these people were like 600. But I think it was more than 600. So these 400 or the 600 were the finest out of these people. So, But what's very important or what's important to learn here, these were weak people basically. These were people who were disfranchised. But when they joined David, when you read later in scripture, in the book of Samuel, you'll realize these people actually became mighty men of war. They became the mighty men of David. So there was a benefit in them associating or meeting with David that they became giant killers. Uh, but not only that, I might just maybe also mention here that uh, before these people became what uh, they became by hanging around uh, 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 David, the, he, David had to take them to the land of Moab. And remember, David has roots from Moab because he is a descendant of Ruth, a Moabite woman after all. So the Bible says, if you read verse 3 of the same chapter, actually he took uh, his father and mother to Moab, actually he took them back to his relatives and then also these mighty people. So, But later on, this very same people who were running away from the king, they came back to the land of Israel and they were mighty, 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 mighty men. Now, what I'm trying to say, people have a tendency or have the desire to associate with greatness. People want to be found in the right circles. 
they want as soon as you find somebody who seems to have the ability to transform the ordinary to the extraordinary you want to go there and that is why even when you choose church most people when they choose church they want to choose church that has the brightest lights that has the coolest pastor that drives the biggest car that um, has the biggest everything biggest biggest that has all the professionals all the celebrities all the who's who people want to associate with that and there's nothing wrong with that really there's nothing 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 wrong but i'm just going to put a different perspective now now allow me to give you my title this morning just to uh, uh, get into the message that was just a background that was not the message personal responsibility transforming possibilities into realities that's my message or my title uh, this morning now let's go to the book of mark chapter 9 verse 18 to 19 so we are done with the story from uh, 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 first samuel really that's all i wanted to highlight we go to mark chapter 9 verse 18 to 19 it reads as follow in the new american standard uh, bible or version and wherever it seizes him it slams him to the ground and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and stiffens out i told your disciple to cast it out and they could not do it and he answered them and said oh unbelieving generation how long shall i be with you how long shall i put up with you bring him to me father in the precious name of jesus we pray and we thank you for anointing the word and father thank you that these are your words thank you lord that utterance comes from you and father thank you that the presence will be in this place where i'm talking but the also the same presence everywhere else where people are joining us may they experience your presence but may they experience your hand of favor today may you speak to us lord in jesus mighty name i pray amen Hallelujah. So now uh, don't forget what I said regarding that background story from the book of First Samuel that people have a tendency to run to greatness to associate with the thought or with the idea that uh, they are going to become like the great person but I said I want to bring a different I like using the word spin. I want to bring a different spin to this whole thing or perspective you know so don't abuse the word spin here it's just a different perspective uh, regarding some of these strategies right so maybe i must tell you my thesis this morning what i'm trying to say i'm trying to say associating with greatness will never make you great unless you take personal responsibility so i just want to prove that that you can go to a david if you don't take personal responsibility you are not going to be a mighty man of war or a mighty warrior or a mighty man of david it's not going to happen i can tell you now you have to take personal responsibility for your own greatness so my message is designed and get into encouraging people that find themselves in the right circles that they can be great when they take personal a uh, responsibility in other words you can transform the possibility by uh, by becoming a, a person of greatness when you find yourself in the right uh, circles now let's go back to the scripture that we read whenever it seizes him uh, this is a, a epilepsy really uh, jesus has sent out the disciples to go and do the work of the ministry 
and uh, they came having failed. And you know these guys, they failed to just deal with epilepsy. It's like this boy had a problem of fainting, really. That's what it is. And they failed to deal with that demon. And uh, we should not live in times like that whereby we still have people who can't deal with epilepsy. That, that one, I, I can deal with it. Like study epilepsy. We can deal with that demon and rebuke it and it can go in the name of Jesus. So if there's epilepsy close to you there, we rebuke it. Let it go in Jesus' name. Amen. That's not the message anyway. So, so this guy, he's saying, I told your disciples to cast out the demon of epilepsy and they could not do it. It's underlined there on the verse. Can you put the uh, verse there? It says, they could not do it. Problem number one. They could not do it. These are the same people who saw Jesus cast out demons. I'm reminded of Mark chapter 5 where he met a guy, guy from the graves and he had serious demons, that one. And Jesus dealt with the demon. And his disciples could not do Aha, you see my point. You can't just be a demon chaser and caster out by association, no. You can associate and be around people who are kicking out demons and you can fail. Okay, let me put it this way. It says they could not do it. Uh, uh, imagine this. Guys who are always with pastors, okay? And when I'm saying pastors, I'm talking uh, the A-League, Okay. I'm still in the C League, isn't it? Or is it E? Okay, all right. The pastor's in the A. I'm going there. I'm going A League. I'm coming, okay? But now we are talking about a guy, pastors who are in the A League. If you look at them carefully, almost all of them, I'm not sure about the international context, but in my country here in South Africa, this is true. Almost all of them, the guys who are close to the big pastors, they have nothing to show for their close association to their pastors. They have nothing. Be it they are the drivers or what, what. The, the gap is so much, not because the pastor is greedy. The people who are close to them, these guys, I think they are failing to do something that I want to highlight today. But that's not only the case. You take people who are driving ministers, people who are close, who are working in their houses, they fail to become like those ministers or president, whatever, they fail to become great. Or you're working for a CEO, you fail to become great. You're close, isn't it? You're already associated there. I mean, if I'm doing gardening in a CEO's house, a big, short CEO's house, I'm already an associate. Chances are he calls me friend on his phone. You, you, you understand, right? But they fail to become great like that. And I just want to show you that actually it's not about being close to big people that makes you great. It's not that. The, this, what I call this personal responsibility that makes you great. Meaning you can work in somebody's garden and in no time you can actually have your own house and have somebody working in your own garden. Literally. Amen. So let's continue. So it says they could not do, in other words, they could not replicate what their captain, what their master was doing. They could not do what Jesus could do. He were, they were expected to do it. If I know you are close to bishop so-and-so or pastor so-and-so or evangelist so-and-so or is it apostle or prophet, if I know you are close to them, I expect you to do what they do. Uh-huh. But they could not do it. And that's a problem. Hey, I hope I'm not guilty of the sermon also. <laughs> when I consider how many uh, uh, big ones I'm close to, amen. But I think I'll replicate what they do. 
Amen. All right, let's continue. And he answered them and said, Oh, unbelieving generation. The problem was their unbelief. That's one. And he says, How long shall I be with you? This is a very important question. The period you are with somebody does not determine your level of success, doesn't. He says, you've been with me for too long, but you still can do what I've been doing. Let's get to the point. Let's get to the point before we run out of time, because I think I'm excited with this. I just want to say now, just it's a bit of a deviation, but I'm coming back to the, the, to the core of this message. Just hang in there with me. Grace is a free gift to all, all right? We all know that. The grace of God is sufficient for all of us. That's true. We can't challenge that. We can't dispute that. It is in the word of God, right? But unless the grace of God is appropriated by faith, the intended receiver will never experience grace. Why am I saying, or what am I trying to say with this? Even if you can know what is yours until you appropriate, you're not going to benefit. All right. You're, you're going to see what I'm uh, trying to say here. So to appropriate, really, I wrote here just to explain what it means, is to take something for one's use. So when I say appropriate by faith, I'm saying you must take something for your own use until you grab grace and apply grace or use it for yourself, grace is not going to benefit you. Yes. All right. Until you take it and use it, it won't really, you won't really experience its power. That's grace. Let's continue. So the grace of God is more than enough for us, but we always fall from grace. You must ask yourself why. Why do you fall from grace when there's enough grace for you? To remain in grace is because we don't fully grab grace and run with it. I'm going somewhere with this. Let's go to 1 Peter 2.24. 1 Peter 2.24. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live to righteousness. That's what Jesus has done. Until we appropriate this by faith, we'll remain in our sins, die in our sins, and go to hell. So we must grab this truth Apply it, use it in our lives so that we can see him one day. Right. It says now the last part, this is what I'm looking for. By his wounds, we were healed. It doesn't say it, we are going to he uh, be healed. And it's saying this has been done. This is, has been completed. It means if you are still struggling with health issues and stuff, we have to even work harder. We have to take personal responsibility of making sure that this line becomes a reality in our lives, right? So we are healed by his stripes. Unless healing is appropriated by faith, healing power does not benefit the intended receiver. Who's the intended receiver, should I tell you? That's me. That's you. So until you take it, until you take this scripture and use it for yourself, you are not going to benefit from its promises. Right, let's go to another one. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to what I'm just laying my foundation here. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness 
of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Now, here the Bible says in him we already have redemption. But we know people are not living lives as the redeemed of the Lord. Why? Because they haven't yet taken it and used it for ourselves. Right. Let's go back to, uh, to my thesis, actually. So uh, redemption has to be appropriated by faith for it to benefit us. God sent Jesus Christ to atone the sins of mankind. Unless the seeker or unless you appropriate atonement by having faith in the Son of God, which is Jesus Christ, you will continue to live in your sins. You will continue to live a defeated life by the devil. So you have a personal responsibility to appropriate the promises of God for your own benefit. Because if there's no personal responsibility required from our side, everybody should be born again. Everybody should be living the life of grace. Everybody should be living. Jesus says, I have come so that you can live life in its fullness or in abundance. It means all of us, as I'm talking now, we should be living a life of abundance. All of us should be healed. All of us should be healthy. All of us should be wealthy. But why it's not the case? The case is because people are not willing to take personal responsibility in order for them to experience what's written in the word salvation, you must take personal responsibility and say, Jesus, I welcome you, be my Lord. Until you do that, salvation is not going to work for you. So we can't go around and promising people that, no, tanda, God loves you, and wara wara, and wara wara. That's a fact, that's a truth. We have to be teaching, or we have, I have to be telling you that, you already know the truth, but do something with the truth. So my message this morning is, you already know the truth. Almost most people, they already know what is required of them, but we are failing to take personal responsibility. You must say, I am going to make the decision to follow Jesus today. I'm going to make a decision to be healed. I'm going to make, yes, I'll just say that, I'll make a decision to be healed. I am going to make a decision to live a life of grace. I have to make a decision to be wealthy. You must decide that I want to be wealthy. You, you don't just become wealthy. You have to make the decision. Yeah, you have to, you have to make the decision. That's what I'm trying to say here. So you have to take what's yours and apply it in your life. Yeah, let me get into the message and conclude very quickly. So this is the message and conclusion altogether. I've always quoted and I'll repeat really. I want to show you something now. Don't forget the story I started with Sir David. Um, association will never make you great. I've always said I'm about to make a quote here. There's a man of God I've never met. I've never heard him preach physically. And yeah, I've never, I did have a little desire, but it was not that great. But my point here is I did not have to associate with him physically or listen to him physically or be his friend for me to learn his ways. I did learn from him. I always quote him. I'll continue to quote him. And some of you, you know who it is. You'll know from the quote. He used to say, working in a soap factory does not negate. Of course, I've, okay, that's not his language. This is my language, okay? This is what I've learned from him. 
he has his way of saying it, okay? <laughs> I don't know I can manage to say it like him. <laughs> so this is a more polished uh, <laughs> university-level way of saying it, okay? <laughs> Working in a soap factory does not negate your responsibility to use the soap. So if you are working in a, so a factory that manufactures soap, does not automatically make you clean. Is that right? Yes. You don't become clean by working working go aerial, you know? <laughs> you must get the aerial, take it, and use it for your benefit. And this is how I like to put it. Until you apply the soap, <laughs> you won't be clean. You have to find a way of applying that. That's what we call appropriating. So you must appropriate things that are designed for you. So what am I trying to say here? All the promises of God require you to apply. And it requires personal responsibility. Oh, You know, this is like, this thing association is like when we're growing up. How robber like garaging, okay, not a petrol station. The garage where you park your cars. Like we who come from the township, it was normal for you to go and hire a garage and make a home in somebody's home, okay? Uh, because we didn't have cottages and you put a bed and a fridge there and a stove there and it's a home, okay? But it's a garage. And none of those people who slept in those garages became Austin Martins and uh, cars like that or even a city golf for that matter. They never transformed to become cars. Even though, so so you need, we need to understand this thing. Being part of a mega church or a big ministry does not make you a big ministry person. You must take personal responsibility to become like them. Hey, sometimes you have to buy those high heels, okay, to walk like them. Okay, if you are wearing palms and you can see they're wearing high heels, you must find a way to also buy and you become that. So you are not going to be transformed by hanging around people who wear high heels until you buy your own pair. All right, I'm getting somewhere now. Here's the point. Hanging around lions or eagles does not transform you to be one. I've, he I've heard that. I've heard that growing up, but hang around the eagles, hang around the lions. That sounds good, but I'm, I, I, I tend to take a different spin this morning. That That's not good enough. I'll never become a lion now, as you can see me, if I go to the Kruger Park and spend time with lions. I'm not going to be a lion. I'm a human being. It's, I'm just not going to change. I am not going to be transformed to be a lion. It's not possible. But I know what they're trying to say. Let's use a cat, okay, for argument's sake here. A cat among lions remains a cat. Take it or leave it. Let me put it that way. I'm going to repeat now. A cat amongst lions remains a cat. In other words, a cat is not going to transform into a lion. It's not possible. All right? Okay. All it has, you see, a cat among lions, all it has is an opportunity. <laughs> now, not to eat leftovers <laughs> from what the lions have. A hunted. No, no, that's not the opportunity. A cat among lions has an opportunity, listen to this, to learn the ways of the lion. That's the opportunity. The meal, it's a byproduct. The protection, 
by the by the lions again it's a byproduct the real thing here it is an opportunity to get insights from within the camp of the lions why so that the cat when it goes back to its environment because this cat is not designed really to be there. It's a domestic animal, or we have made it domestic, okay? So we see it as a domestic animal. Until it, until it goes back to its environment, right, its own context, and begin to apply what it has learned from the lion, it will never be great. So the cat must grab the opportunity with all four hands, is it four le- uh, hands, or four legs, or you get the point, right? <laughs> I can't say two hands, because it's a four-legged animal, amen? <laughs> Hallelujah and glory, <laughs> and glory to God. Uh, we, I used to work with this other old man, he was a funny old man, he used to eat uh, Kellogg's and uh, stuff like a cereal, right? Uh, I'm giving people free advert now. They used to eat cereal, and he used to use juice for his cereal. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm tempted to mention his name. And then I go, Uncle, but <laughs> he's, a, he's a, just a white old, uh, old man, you know. And then, what, what's the whole setup here? Can you explain? He says, no, I don't, uh, I don't do four-legged uh, four and what, what. I only do two-legged animals in other words he doesn't eat any products from animals with four legs only two legs so that's a chicken he eats chicken only and products from chicken hey but his favorite uh, delicacy if that's the way to use here yeah, it was a milk tart and you know where milk comes from <laughs> okay let's come back to the same <laughs> okay now the cat can only realize success when it effectively transfer the new knowledge from the lion to its environment and context. So the cat is not going to become a lion, but can begin to have similar, not same, similar results as the lion when it begins to apply the learnings from the environment of the lions in its own context. And that's what we need to do, all right? Let's continue. So the cat has to learn and effectively apply the new knowledge so that it can become, right? Now, here's a secret. The lion can do the learning and the application for the cat. It is the responsibility of the cat. Now, I said those things when I started. The big people, you can hang around them. They're not going to do it for you. They're not going to learn from you. They are not going to read the books for you. They are not going to pray on your behalf. They are not going to drag you to conferences and seminars. You will go with them to seminars and wait for them in the car because you have no desire to learn from them. If you have desire to learn from them, you will find a way to go in and learn with them. They are not going to do it for you. They send you to go and buy a newspaper, you come back with a newspaper, you give it to him, you don't look what they are reading and read after so that you learn that you have to take personal responsibility. Carrying the pastor's Bible is one of the greatest honor. Why don't you just open it and see what are his favorite verses? 
Just do that. I wish I did that back then when I used to carry other pastors' Bibles so that I can see. But in hindsight, you must open. His personal verses are which ones so that you can learn from their ways. Hallelujah and glory to God. Now, these guys, or the 400 or the 600, as I say, they were not the only ones who joined David. There were others. But these are mentioned because they became, they became mighty warriors. They became giant killers. They became the mighty men of David. So what I'm trying to say, the person you associate with and relate with will never determine, listen to this, your altitude, your association does not determine your altitude or the level where you go into in life. They don't determine that. You determine that by taking personal responsibility. We have to take personal responsibility. Nobody's going to determine how high this ministry that we are having at Believers Bible Church goes. I, I, I have to determine how high we can go. I must take personal responsibilities. Even if I can have the finest as my mentors, I can tell you if I don't take personal responsibility to grow and to become, I will never become. You have to take personal responsibility to become everything that God has called you to be. Right? Like these disciples, they had Jesus. They saw him cast demons. They saw the method. One of the methods, I like it so much, is because he prayed. He even told them later on that this one does not come out. Just like that. It comes out by prayer and fasting. So learn from these people. If you see that they're not glutons, they don't eat too much, they fast, they pray. Learn, do what they do. Why I'm preaching this? Because I see people hanging around successful people and they don't learn their ways, they're waiting for handouts. You have to say, what's making this one great? When you realize his strong point is prayer, just do that, pray. When you start to realize it looks like orata fasting and it's working, you can see results, just do it. And just to, don't say, show me how. Why not show yourself how? Jesus. Because we live in a generation whereby people saying, show me how. I'm not going to show you how. You show yourself how by taking responsibility and digging out for information. Like I told you, I never met that man of God, but I know how he did things. Because I searched on my own. I didn't even say I'll go to him. There's an internet you can Google and find out about anyone and learn their way. So we're living in an era that we can become anything we want to be when we take personal responsibility. Let's say you want to be financially wealthy. What's stopping you from saying who's the richest or who has a consistent, sustainable career and that and he's wealthy consistently? One of the people I know, I don't want to mention, uh, he has been number one for years and years. Why don't you buy books about him? The ones he wrote or people wrote about him and learn his ways. Without meeting him, you can just become exactly like him. You can just even do better like he, uh, than him. But you must take personal responsibility. It is not your association. It's not. If that was the case, I can tell you now, I'll be one of the richest in the country, easily so. Because my phone has big, big phone numbers. Don't steal my phone. It has big cell phone numbers from big, big, big people in the country. And guess what? It does not work for me unless I watch and observe their ways and apply the things I have learned from them. Then I can become. 
And none of them have offered me handouts, by the way. None of them. They've always wanted me to roll up my sleeves and do something. And glory to God. Amen. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. So greatness does not come through association. It doesn't. You can come and befriend me. It's not going to benefit you until you realize I like praying. Until you, liked, until you realize I like being alone so that I can meditate on the weight, it's not going to benefit you. So if you're a strad maze or a strad boy, I can tell you now, my ways will never benefit you. Because you have to learn and see how I do things. And that is why you'll find the pastor, his results are way higher than some of his members because they don't want to adopt and learn their ways. So the pastor continues Increasing. So if you are one of our members or you are going to be our member or you are now a committed follower in this YouTube channel, start to find out what are our ways and learn from us so that you can get similar results. They are not going to be the same because we are not the same. A cat is a cat, a lion is a lion, a bear is a bear, okay? A human is a human, all right? Pastor A is Pastor A and Bongani is Bongani and Kosi King Kosi and Smongi Leke Smongi. And that is why I like it in the township. Because why? Because they are so unique. Even if they share the same name with others, even though cats and lions fall under the same group of animals, but guess what? A cat is a cat. They are unique and you are wonderfully and fearfully made by the Lord. You are so unique. All you can do is to learn the strategies, but you apply them in your own context and in your own environment so that you can become. Let's close this message. Why am I saying these things really? The disciples failed to be like Jesus. Actually, in fact, Judas failed dismally. I shared about him in a WhatsApp group a few days ago. He failed dismally. He betrayed Jesus. He did the opposite of what Jesus stood for. He, he's such a disappointment, that one. But what's even more sad about him, the death he experienced was so painful. was not nice, but he hanged around the best. And that proves my point. Jesus, when you read Mark 16, he was rebuking the, the, rebuking the, uh, the, the, the disciples that they suffer from unbelief. Three years later, hanging around God himself, and you still have unbelief. And Jesus says, <laughs> oh, you unbelieving generation, because most things require belief. Look at the faith of the people that you, you like to become like. Look and learn from their faith. Look at how they invest in the things. You, you see, faith is not just talking and blah, blah. If you have faith and you believe, you'll begin to see people taking practical, tangible steps and starting to invest in the things they believe in. If I don't believe in the ministry, if I don't believe in the growth of the ministry, we won't be doing what we are doing. I won't even be use a microphone. I'll use my old Samsung phone. But we have to try and get what is best, invest in the best, so that we can achieve the best results. And I can tell you, we are not where we want to. But every time we get some form of resources, we will invest so that we become. Because we look at those who are doing well, you start to realize Everything they do is well resourced. They have the resources necessary for them to achieve whatever they want to achieve. So you must invest in the things you want to have in life and learn from great people. All great people invest in the things they like. In closing, 
almost done. I, I, I saw some people running this morning and others on bicycles. Then it just, it, it just hit me that actually uh, these people, I must say, they are white people. It hit me that actually, and not all, uh, but this is not a stereotype, but generally, okay? It's not a stereotype, don't apply this. It, this is said in the context of this message. That these guys, they'll buy expensive bicycles, they'll buy expensive watches, not the fancy ones, uh, sports one that measures your heart rate and what, what. They'll, they'll invest, they'll buy the right appropriate clothing for their bicycles or running and everything. And then you see... Not all black people, okay, but the majority of black people running there. You see them running with uh, all stars, and he's jogging. You go like, ah, but come on, dude. <laughs> you know, you, you've seen that. You've seen them, even some of them, uh, uh, jogging with the un inappropriate clothing. But this, after the exercise is done, the exercise routine, when everybody goes back to shower, of course, the other group won't necessarily I'll get into trouble now. But, but the point is, after everybody has showered, okay, and then they, um, you go out to the shops or to work. What's different? The, the daiki, like me, will be dressed to the tea, and the other uh, race group, they look so poor, actually. But you start to realize the other one will invest so much on his health that he'll buy the appropriate stuff so that he remains healthy and rule. we will just invest more on the looks. But the point I'm trying to say, if you believe in something, you must put your all, even if it means on the other side you might not look the part. Amen and glory to God, right? Now, greatness is not a virtue by association. If, I, if I've said anything, this is what I've said. Greatness is not a virtue by association. In conclusion... We have to take personal responsibility in order to become. Until we take personal responsibility for our own growth and destiny, greatness will remain a promise and it will remain a dream and will never even, even uh, uh, touch it. It will, it, it will be like a mirage. It will keep on moving, keep on moving. We have to take personal responsibility to become. Now, here's the good news. The same disciples who really failed to apply what they learned from Jesus, later on circumstances forced them to apply what they learned from him. When Jesus was taken up from heaven, when they were filled with the Holy Ghost and etc. and all those things, we now see the disciples now leading prayer meetings praying and fasting, and we begin to see the same disciples who could not deal with epilepsy. When they discover that it's untaken responsibility, when Jesus, when this guy Peter stood on the podium and he began to preach, uh, preach when he took responsibility, when you read Acts chapter 3, he, he goes to that guy who was begging, he says, you know what, you're not going to get healing by associating with me, what I'm going to give you is what I have in the name of the Lord, rise up and walk. Guess what? This was a completely different man. He had now realized you must take responsibility to see results. He tells the person, rise up and walk. Guess what? The person rises up and walk. And the Bible says many miracles, many signs and wonders were done by the disciples. But it happened the day they took personal responsibility. You know why? Because Jesus was no longer around them. Some of you, the biggest problem in your life, you have a lot of great quality people around you. 
you are so dependent on them and no wonder you're not taking personal responsibility because the day those people are taken away from you, you will take personal responsibility and become. But don't wait for times like that. Why don't you become now? Let's say you are a child at home. Why don't you become what God has called you to be? Don't wait until the parents are no more. You can become now so that they can see how well you have done in life and glory to God. You know what happened in the book of Acts? They did great things to the point that the shade of Peter was healing people. That's my favorite. But there's a guy who failed to deal with epilepsy. At some point, he had to take personal responsibility. And glory to God. Let's close our eyes and let's pray.